Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Dreamer Succeed podcast. I am beside myself excited about our guest today. I mean, I, I can't even, right? Uh, the amazing Dan McPherson, international speaker, business and personal development coach, and CEO of Leaders Must Lead, is on a mission to help creatives and entrepreneurs create and grow profit and understand that dreams are real. We're gonna hear a lot more about that today. Now with over 25 years of experience and, and you guys are gonna hear a lot about Dan today. So I want you to just bear with me because I tend to get super overly excited when I'm having a conversation with this man. So I tend to, you know, the Cuban comes out and I start to sort of rush through the conversation, but he's got over 25 years of experience in corporate roles, leading teams of up to 2000 and is responsible for more than $150 million in revenue. Yes, I said $150 million. Uh, Dan is a recognized expert in leadership, sales, and business strategy through his Dreams Are Real podcast, Foundations of Success Training, and his powerful one-on-one -on -one coaching. Dan helps entrepreneurs around the world from musicians and artists to chiropractors, coaches, retailers, and beyond, uh, really helping them experience success and accomplish their goals. You know, I can go on and on with a long list of accolades, but the truth is I am a huge fan. I just fell in love with his heart for service from our very first conversation. So please help me welcome Dan. Woohoo! Hey, I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for all the kind words. You are amazing. And I am at least equally a fan of you. I, in fact, I'm so beside myself. I might be cloned just sitting right here. There you go. I love it. I love that, Dad. And I, and again, I want to, I know that you're being pulled in a million different directions. I know that you are sought after. So I really appreciate you making the time to be here with me today and sharing with our audience. Um, Listen, hard to believe, my friend, that we're almost smack dab in the middle of 2021. How's it been so far for you? It, it has been, um, let's see, what's the word? Insane, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good it, word. It, I, I think 2020 and 2021 are in, in some ways a blur for me. And they're, they're some of the most, it's been some of the most transformative time in my life on so many different levels. And so it, it has been action packed, just not in the way I thought it would have been yeah. if I'd been predicting it. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you said that, Dan, that, that opens us up, you know, I have the blessing of knowing you some, even though I know we'll get to know each other better and better as we build on our foundation. Uh, but can you share a bit of your nutshell with our audience? Absolutely. I, focus upon helping creatives, women, entrepreneurs, all kinds of amazing people in the world who are bringing light and energy to build profitable heart-centered businesses, to really truly achieve their dreams. That's that's my theme is, is how do I help people achieve their dreams? Because I do believe that dreams are real. And the reason that I do that, the reason that that nutshell happens is because my life's mission, my North Star is to help inspire generational change in the world that will reduce human trafficking, hunger, poverty, and racism in the next 15 years by 15 percent worldwide. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. See, guys, it's he's our kind of people. And and this is why I think from from like I said, our very first conversation, I was just 
so drawn to to who you are. So Dan, let's talk for a minute about foundation because I know foundations are a big part of how you help people get to that next level, help organizations and help us all grow. And I know how dedicated you are to help business owners and teams and and organizations build that foundations of success, as you call it. So I love how you say it's hard to build a roof on walls of that are made of paper. So mm. why do you feel that the foundation is such an important piece? Well, the foundation is the thing that gets built first. And if you don't have one, everything breaks. So we'll start there. But for me personally, one of the things that as I've looked around and I've been asked, Dan, what kind of a coach are you? Well, I'm, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, I'm all that. And I don't love labels, right? I don't, I don't love, mm -hmm. oh, I'm a business coach or I'm a mindset coach or I'm a personal develop, development coach, but I, I had to pick some. So I picked business and personal development. Mm -hmm. but, and I did that because all development is personal. But as I looked at what was out in the industry and I said, what, what's different? What is it that I really do? And I, it took me a long time to sort it out. And it comes back to something that I did in the last 10 years of my career. The last 10 years of my career, I intentionally studied every department of every company I was with so that as a coach, I could do something that was unusual. Instead of being narrow and deep or wide and shallow, I could be wide and deep. I could help people in a lot of areas. That was great until everybody told me, Dan, you can't do that. Well, I heard that. And like you, I'm like, well, now that you told me I can't, of course, that's what I'm going to do. Challenge accepted. <laughs> right? Exactly. Challenge was totally accepted. I had to figure out what that looked like. And I finally distilled it to this, that when you look around at most coaches, and I, I have friends who are great coaches, I have clients who are great coaches. Mm -hmm. I think there are also a lot of challenges in the coaching world. Yeah. But when you look, most people offer a really cool program that works if the person is ready to do it, if the person is fully prepared to do it. But the vast majority of people don't have what I would call the foundations of success, leadership, communication, time effectiveness, persuasion. They don't have those base skills. And without those base skills, it is exactly as you said, and as we say in our description, it's like putting this beautiful roof on walls made of tissue paper and it just crumbles. And so I'm passionate about giving people the foundations they need. Now, the, the tricky part there is that it takes real work and it takes time. I don't have the quick fix to everybody that so many programs might offer. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little proud of that, but also a little bit like, I got to work through that, right? Because everybody wants the quick fix. They want it right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't have that. I give th some things that people need to work on. And, and so in all of our trainings, and we can talk as much as you like about that, but we provide skill development and we, mm -hmm. we actually share it in my 4S training process because it's how people work and we build up their strengths so that they will never fall backward the number one phrase that we use about the platform that, and, and the training that we do is this. It is that we, it's a quote from Archaeolocus that we don't fall, we don't rise to the level of our hopes. We fall to the level of our training. And I, I adapt that to say we fall to the level of our highest secured training. What that means is once we've secured training on these foundations in our life, we will never fall back in those areas. Mm, I love that. And, and, and Dan, that's one of the things that I realize, and I love the way that you put it, because I think that a lot of times that quick fix 
or that let's let it's it's almost like slapping a bandaid on something mm-hmm. like i'm going to give you a pill and try, instead of trying to see what's really wrong and trying to fix what's wrong but it's not sustainable do you find that as you set people up really with those foundations of success as you just described it's just they have that forever yeah it, and here's a great example one of my clients who I adore, and I adore all of my clients. So mm-hmm. I suppose that's fair. But mm-hmm. one of one of my one-on-one clients, we I've been working with her now for a couple of years, and we've built a lot of foundations. We we solidified those so strongly. Mm-hmm. Her business was aiming one direction. Just a few weeks ago, we sat down and talked, and she said, "I need to completely change my business and completely change what I'm doing and where I'm aiming it." And I'd kind of know it as she looked at me, she's like, you knew this was coming, didn't you? And I'm like, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> and, and she grumbled a little bit, but when, but as we, as we talked, what we recognized is all it really was, was retargeting the gun. She didn't have to build any new skills because they were there. So that pivot was easy. How many people could make a 90 or 180 degree change in their business and not really lose a step in the process? And she was able to do that basically at a moment's notice. That's the win that comes from this is wherever you go in your life, you'll have those. The bonus win that is behind the scenes, I mentioned earlier, all development is personal and Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. is that it affects your life, not just your business. So these same exact skills are the core skills that we need to be successful in our lives, not just our businesses. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. And I know, Dan, that, that you have this clarity of vision, right? And you have an innate ability through your expertise and your experience. And even, you know, we've had the conversation as, as children, what the things that we had to, you know, deal with and become adaptable and flexible, but more than anything, I believe that because you have such a heart for service to break down your client's vision into those real actionable steps. And just what you described, you almost predicted that that was coming, but it's on her time and she's already got everything that she needs to, to make that pivot. So, and you, you touched on it just a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about that North star and why it's so important? Ooh, one of my favorite topics. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, one of the first conversations that I have with a lot of people I meet, but all, but mostly with my clients, is what is your North Star? What is that one place that you are aiming for? And this goes a little beyond the work that you might hear from, say, Simon Sinek and Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And and I, I like what Simon does. I feel like it doesn't go quite far enough. Mm-hmm. And it certainly goes beyond what is your passion. It is, what is the legacy that you want to leave? What do you truly want to be known for? What is it that you really want to accomplish in the world? And it, and the, where this comes from is, is the flaw in how most of us work and how I worked for many, many years. Most of us, we say, hey, what's our passion? Cool. There are 50 things we can pick from. We pick one that our gut tells us is right. And since there are 50, we have a one in 50 chance of being right. Most of the time we're like, yeah, yeah, this is really cool. This is really cool. And then we get frustrated and upset and overwhelmed. And we go through a cycle of overwhelm because we're working from the ground up rather than the top down. What does that mean? It means like I'm trying to go on vacation. I say, I want to go to the mountains, but I close my eyes and I just start walking. 
and I start going, well, where am I passionate about walking? And I kind of go, I'm passionate about walking to my right. And I end up in the ocean, right? It doesn't lead me to a good place. Right. And then I'm like, darn it. I guess I better open my eyes, look around, pick another one. And hopefully I eventually get to the mountains. If on the other hand, we can flip that around and we can say, this is the point I'm, that I'm aiming at. Now, how do I get there? I can reverse engineer everything. And what's really cool that comes out of it is you can then answer every major decision in your life by asking two questions that I call a decision filter. Question one is, does this thing, whatever it is that I'm considering, move me further away from my North Star or closer to it? If it moves you further away, even if you love it, it goes away. Because why would you do something that takes you the wrong direction? If it moves you closer, then you go on to question number two, which is just as easy. Question number two is, is there anything else that moves me further faster? Because why would I want to take a slow path to my North Star? And if there's something that moves me further faster, I go do that thing and I put this one on a list. Fun note, if you put this one on a list, it's a, it's a prioritized list. It actually schedules it and it lets your mind release. And lo and behold, it's no longer shiny object. It no longer controls you. If this is the thing that moves you further faster, then you do it. And I have focused upon living with that perspective for years now. And it completely changed how I make decisions and how easy it is, how little I get stuck. I, I went to Southeast Asia after just basically moments of deciding, of hearing about it and stopped my business, did went, went on this trip for 45 days and spent money I didn't have because it was clear that it was the furthest, the fastest. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing, Dan. So I want to talk a little bit about that trip, first of all, because I know you did some pretty spectacular things, but, but let me ask you, because I'm curious when your client, when you present this to your clients or the people Mm -hmm. that you're working with, and it just sounds so simple, right? (laughs) Yep. What is their reaction when they, when they just get it? What does that do for you? What does that do for them as far as the process is concerned? Yeah, that's a really good question. And what I would say is there are there are phases of this. When I share it with them initially, they're like, oh, I get it. That makes a ton of sense. And then I give them the warning, like, look, I'm about to ask you why more times than is going to make you comfortable. <laughs> and you're going to get really frustrated with me. And I'm going to ask you why until there is no more why. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you beyond the time when you thought there was no more why. And I also warn them, this process, we'll start it today, but it's going to take probably about, on average, about a month to actually sort out, get all the way through. Then we go through that few weeks where they're trying to get it and they start to get frustrated very predictably, just like Mm -hmm. I mentioned they would. That's Mm -hmm. why I preview it. And then they get it. And then all the decisions become easier and they go, oh my gosh, how have I not how have I not seen this? And these are brilliant people in many cases who've had huge success. Mm And yet it changes their entire perspective and their decision-making process. It goes from complicated and considering 50 factors to asking two questions to make major decisions in their life. And that's it. And they love it. Now, it's at that point that we get into the more detailed work that's behind it, which is how do you create that priority list? How do you determine what moves you further, faster? And you can create, you can actually create a cost versus benefit analysis that there's a, a not complicated, but a very specific way that you can do that. And for some clients, we go all the way into there. For some, we just get the North Star and then we start and we start moving toward it by asking the questions. It depends on how their mind works. 
Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And Dan, do you find that that having clarity on that North Star really helps with the motivation and the overcoming of obstacles and the suck days? Yeah, I, I think it I think it makes motivation an irrelevant topic. Mm-hmm. Because if if I have figured out the thing that I'm aiming towards in the world, like that, that's it right? Like that's the string that underlies everywhere that I want to go. It's not to say that there won't be days that are hard. Of course, there are going to be many days that are hard, but motivation, the willingness to do it, the excitement for it, that doesn't, that doesn't go away. And I'll I'll use myself as an example here. I never was at a company for more than four and a half years in my life, but we just hit the five-year anniversary of my company and yeah. never once have I doubted or, or wondered whether I should be doing this or thought, oh, I should go do something else or, mm-hmm. or this isn't what I'm meant for. And typically it would happen at about a year and a half to two years in every other role that I held. Mm-hmm. And I wake up every day excited to do this. You can hear it in my voice now. Like I'm, this, yeah. is, this is the thing. This is what I, what I live for. And it's because I know the mission that I hold in the world. And I, I think that there's another component here. And, and I, I uncovered this more in the last year, which is finding your personal resonance. And now I teach the North Star as the first step on the path of, of five steps to finding your personal resonance. Once you have, once, once you've gone through that and you've, you've found your niche, you have your why, what, and how statements, you've done your, uh, you've done your authenticity assessment, you've gotten yourself to where you're like, I'm not just knowing where I'm going and comfortable in my own skin, but I'm resonating. Two things happen. One, things start flowing to you instead of you having to fight through them. And the second is that your definition of success changes. And it's very interesting because I thought that was only for me when it happened. Mm -hmm. And then I coached everybody on it and I saw they had the exact same change Mm -hmm. at that moment, at that spot where they found their resonance, their definition changed to the same thing, which has been crazy to me. And the definition for me went from having, it went from aiming at something. So you, I do all this talk about North Star. Now I'm going to tell you the definition of success doesn't have anything. It, it isn't about achieving a certain percentage mm-hmm. of your North Star. It's not about helping a number of people. It's not about getting dollars. It is simply this, that success is fulfilling the purpose I'm meant for in the world today. In this moment, that means that right now, today, I can look at you and confidently say, I am successful right now. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing else tied to it. And I can do that with no ego. And when you get to that spot where internally your definition of success changes and it basically becomes, if I show up and do what I'm meant to do, I am successful, you lose all the rest of the weight and baggage and pain. Mm-hmm that comes with it. And that's a change that I never thought I would see in my life. Wow. That's a beautiful thing. Now, and and I love the way that you said that, Dan, because I think what happens is, is what you said. It's the motivation becomes irrelevant. The Mm -hmm. obstacles are almost not even there because you're not focusing on them. You're so focused on, on that North star and, and your new definition of success. So how, how would you say, how easy was it for you to navigate that change. I mean, it sounds like you just you just fell into that place where this is what's real. <laughs> no, it was it was it was incredibly challenging. One of the things when I train that I that I share with people is my number one lesson in the world is don't be a Dan. And what I mean by that is <laughs> I've gone through everything in like the most difficult way that you possibly can. And that's one of the reasons that I could that I could teach it. I'm like, look, 
once I've been through something, no matter how hard or how easy or whatever, I can teach it. So that's good. That's why mm-hmm. it's a gift. That's my probably my second strength. But the the craziness is I seem to have to go through it in like the most difficult way, whether it's with <laughs> the health stuff that I encounter or whether it's with childhood or whatever it is, I have to find it the hard way. What I, in finding my North Star, that was like a two-year process. I now help people do it in a month, right? If going from my North Star to my personal residence was like, I don't know, two and a half years. And I help people do it in like a month, month and a half. And I give them the tools in in about 10 hours of training for that whole thing. That's really amazing. But it's just, so when you say, was it easy? I'm like, yeah, no, not not so much. (laughs) You went through the hard stuff so that you could make it easy for your clients. I I, I think that's a lot of, of what I'm meant for. One of the things that people ask me is, is Dan, you seem to have a lot of knowledge. And they they said, Mm -hmm. how have you found the success that you have? And I, and I, I look at them and I say, look, it's not because I'm, I'm special or unique. It's because of a very simple thing. I run to the next failure. Most people, they get to this spot and they, they fail at something or they miss at something. I don't even know that failure is a real thing, but that's a whole different Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. But I just immediately stand up. Resilience is the the third strength I would claim. And I stand Mm. up and I run to the next failure. I don't run to the next success. I want everybody to hear that really clearly. The success will come, but I'm running to the next failure because I know if I get through enough failures, I'll find the success. And because of that, I have failed. I want to be really clear about this. Mm. I have failed three times as much as the next person. Wow. Now, that doesn't mean I've succeeded three times as much. I've found success. I've found moments of, of good. And, and, and we have great basis for things we're doing in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to fight through the failure mm-hmm. to get there. And I'm almost eager for it, really. That's beautiful. That's amazing. I, I love it. And, and, and that, that concept of, you know, removes the fear element, mm-hmm. the fear of failure, because it's almost like I'm, I'm going to go for it so that I can get through it, so that I can come out on the other side. And Dan, I know that you're a highly sought after speaker and trainer, and I don't know anybody personally who does, has traveled as much domestically and internationally as as you have. Um, Now, as the entire world has had to pivot around this pandemic, what would you say, especially given these really, really foundational, great tools that you have at your disposal to be able to bring that, what would you say are you're seeing as what organizations, business leaders, what are they most in need of now? I think they're most in need of the same things that they were before. They're just more aware of it. They're most in need of first authenticity and vulnerability, like people who are willing to be real plastic is getting called out. Mm-hmm. I love the the evolution of the clubhouse platform, because right. a lot of plastic right. has disappeared there, you see right. a lot, you see a lot of that going away, because when you hear someone's voice, you can almost tell, are they are they full of it? Or are they or are they doing the thing? And so that has been, I think that is important. I also believe that that people are recognizing that they need some form of an external objective, but also inspirational support. And 
in the past, it might've been just rah-rah, but now it's like, give us a practical for almost any talk that is given. It's not just like, don't just leave us feeling great. So we might crash a little later, which is like putting the roof on the tissue paper walls. (laughs) It's, it's, Hey, leave us feeling great, but give us things to do. Let us move forward. Let us have these, these connections. Let us build these things. And I, I believe that there's a hunger for sincere growth in a different way than there was. I think there's also a tiring of repetition of the exact same thing. People want to hear what's real and not just the same tired ad over and over. And so I I think that's really important. There are lots of other things that I could put out there, but what I'm seeing as I, as I connect with places to speak, as I, as I connect in different ways in different environments is that if you think about yourself as an audience member, it's the easiest way to think about what people are looking for now. As an audience member, what do you want? Do you want to be invited to 37 copies of the same thing? No. Do you want to be invited to something that gives you five steps to this and three steps to this and a magic pill? Mm -hmm. No, because you've you've heard all that. You've seen all that. On the other hand, do you want to be invited to somewhere that, that it's, that you hear from someone who feels like they understand who you are, that you can feel heard And that as they share, you say, wow, they get me. And because they've gone through what I've gone through, I want to take those steps and I'm motivated to do it. Yeah, I think probably more of that. Mm, That's beautiful. And I think that plays into your generosity. I think I, you're one of the most generous humans I've ever met, Uh, even coming from, from your dreams are real podcast which i had the blessing to guest on you were amazing if if anybody hasn't listened get out there and hear that her story oh my gosh no and and dan it's 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 all of your episodes i know that you have this very very powerful way of inviting your guests into venture venture into places and stories that they've never been before i know i shared a story with you that i'd never shared with anyone right and and you just you were so gracious and loving and in, in drawing it out and and it really was a, a great release for me and I and I hear it in in other episodes that I've heard it's almost like like there's this this beautiful sigh of you know now I get to share this with the world and you really have a unique gift of doing that but again playing into your generosity even what you're saying of putting yourself in the position of the people in the audience when they're hearing you speak or when you're doing a training. So tell me a little bit about how that came to be where you can put yourself in that position. And I think that's probably a big part of the exponential growth that you're helping your clients achieve. What, what, what came up for you that you said, I want to be filling this space in the world? Yeah, that's a, that's a great pullout and is, and is one that I think is important. I spent my life in the corporate world, which tells you to do anything but show yourself, right? It says, go, yeah. go be the worker, be, go be like everyone else. And I was never really like anyone else, but when I would show it, I would get my wings clipped, right? I would, I would, it would, it would train you to don't stir the pot, don't do the thing. And mm-hmm. I would, it would always be crazy because I, I, we would get asked, oh, you need to get a 3% increase. And I would look at the numbers. And I was thinking we can do 10 
and my team would freak out and my bosses would freak out. And it was all that. Now, of course, we ended up committing to three and then doing the 10. Mm -hmm. But so <laughs> I would find a way to be different. Or I remember a moment where there was a, a change in a program in, in a nearly billion dollar company that we that we ran. And I was sitting on one side of the table and every single executive, including my teammates, were sitting on the other side of the table. And I was arguing a point that we ended up going with that made the company millions of dollars. But I, so I was willing to do that but I still wasn't willing to be open. And so what happened, I started my company and I wasn't, I, I was, I did what everyone else does. Right. I, I was like, I'll do the ads. I'll, I will put out, here's, here is the training I offer. And, and then we think as new entrepreneurs that we're going to open the doors and everyone will just show up. Mm -hmm. That didn't yeah. work out so well. <laughs> and then I started down this North star journey and understood what I, what I, was aiming at that helped, but I still wasn't really opening up. I started talking to my coaches mm -hmm. and one of my coaches was for mental and emotional health. His, his name is, uh, is Ian Hawkins. He's incredible. And he was really challenging me to open. I was also seeing, I, I'm a synthesizer. That's my top gift. And I, I was, as I, as I looked, I saw who is, I just started asking who's connecting, who's really getting the impact. And I saw that it was people who were really sharing. And so I tentatively started sharing and I was, I was scared. I mean, I've got quite a background, right? I've, I've dealt with suicide and, and poverty and abuse and all sorts of different topics. And I started sharing and I met a woman by the name of Tiffany Largi, who is one of the best people at helping to share your story in the world. And Tiffany, I, she helped me connect that your story is the most important thing you have. Now I've taken that message a little further. I think it's the only unique thing you have. I th and my extension of it is this, that I, I learned, and this is really what changed everything for me, I think. It, it, although we just talked about building to this, that if you share the good and the bad, it can help people. Right. But if you share the ugly, it transforms lives. Mm, yes. And so wow. if we want to transform lives, we've got to share the real, like the yeah. deep real. Mm -hmm. And that looks different for everybody. I would also caution everyone listening who's thinking, oh, I don't have a story that half of my guests think they don't have a story. Every one of you has a powerful story. Every one of you can speak to someone that no one else can speak to and your story will impact them in a way that no one else will. So if you look at all the businesses and you've seen the books, Building a Story Brand and lots mm -hmm. of other books about story, if you're not wrapping story into everything you do, into everything, every ad, every, every output, every, every piece of everything you do, you're missing it because that is the thing that changes everything. And so then as I did, and I broke myself open and I started sharing and I saw, whoa, the connections changed. Yeah. And then I made one final step. If it's okay, if I share this, yes, uh, please, please. So I, I did that and it was getting a lot of connections, but what I noticed is, is a, a mental challenge I was still having, which is I felt like I had to know someone to a certain level before I would start to really share with them, before I would say not what was going on with me, but what I saw in them that was good. And I made a decision, thanks to a few different things that happened, I made a decision that the, that within moments of me seeing something amazing in someone else, I would tell them. And so I started instead of waiting for an hour and now, I, oh, as we're wrapping up, I want to tell you how amazing you are. That now when I see the light in someone's eyes, when I see the impact they're having, when I see how incredible they are, that in that moment, even if it's two minutes after I've met them, 
I will share it. And it's amazing. My connections went from taking an hour to taking 60 seconds, a minute, two minutes, five minutes after I met somebody, even interviewing people. I've paused an interview and said, hey, can I just pause for a minute and share something with you? You're incredible. I see who you are. And like the whole relationship is different after yeah. that. And I, I think being willing to first share who we are and, and open ourselves up and, and create that exposure, take that risk, but then also to be willing to take the risk to share when we see who someone else is, is so powerful. That's, that's, that's amazing, Dan. And I love that. And I see that in you so much. And that, that sort of, do you think that there's still a great resistance to vulnerability out there? I think there is. I, I think that it's, it's less, but it's more that it's, it's more that there are certain pockets of people who have opened up to that. And th this tags into something else that I've seen, which stunned me. You and I, we, we surround ourselves with people who want to get better. Right. That's what we do naturally, right. right? The people who are trying to learn from us, the people we're trying to learn from, mm -hmm. the people that we surround ourselves with, mm -hmm. we do that. And it's easy to then assume that everyone wants to get better. Right. I was hit with like a brick upside the head a few weeks back now when I was speaking with a, an employee of one of my clients. And when I was saying, hey, you know, I'm really looking forward to helping you become a better leader. She's like, I don't want to become a better leader. Why would I care about that? And it, it had just hit me. And we, we had more of a conversation about that, of course. But it was that in her top 10 list of things in her life was not get better. And so that, that rocked me more than, you, more than you might think that it would. So I decided to start asking. And I went out and I, at first, I, I just said, hey, tell me your priorities. And then I said, well, where does personal development fit in? So now I'm seeding the ground, right? Like I'm, I'm giving it to them. And I found in about 85% of the people that I asked, it was not in the top 10, even when prompted. Wow. Of the remaining 15, 10 of those 15 said that it was there, but did nothing for it. So our actions reflect priority. So it, it clearly wasn't. It was them just saying it. 5% said, I want to get better and we're doing something about it. So when I look at something like that, oh, and I, and wow. then I, then we think about this vulnerability, right? I think 5% of people are far more vulnerable than they were and are exploring it in different ways. But I do think there's a tremendous resistance to it. In fact, how much of a resistance when I share about things, I get comments from people who are, who are friends of mine mm -hmm. who are like, Oh, you're oversharing, you know, do you, are, what are you a counselor? What are you a priest? What are you like that? Like, what is your message? Like, why are you doing this? And I will hear this. You look at Brene Brown, probably one of the leaders in vulnerability mm. training in the, in the world right now. 20% yeah. of her comments are filled with vitriol. And this leads me to something that I think is important for us to accept. I shared it in a podcast episode called The Seven Challenging Truths We All Need to Face mm -hmm. or something <laughs> similar like that. It's seven challenging truths. And the hardest one of those is if you are speaking your real truth, a certain percentage of people will hate you. And mm -hmm. by the way, the truth was if a certain percentage of people don't hate you, you're not speaking your real truth. And that is really hard because we're like, well, I, I don't mind if people kind of dislike me. No, 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 no. That's not it. Yeah. It's they will hate you. Wow. And if you're not getting that, you're probably not speaking your truth. Yeah. And, and Dan, do you think that that hate or that, that resistance is coming from 
the forcing them to face their own reality, whatever they're seeing in the in the mirror with what you're saying sometimes? Yeah, I, I think it comes from a few places. I think it comes from ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance like stupidity. I mean, ignorance, just like lack of awareness. Right. 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 We've been we have societal conditioning that takes us down this whole path. I, I had 45, 46 years of societal conditioning before I could share that I had to overcome. Right. So I, I don't fault people for that. 45 years I didn't share. And it's not like nobody ever said, Dan, you should probably share something. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's like that's the case. We're not in touch with our intuitive side. If you think of a spectrum all the way from metaphysical on one end to the practical, cold, hard, logical on the other end. And you think of those as the tens and then the middle is the zero. Most of society sits at like the seven on the side of the cold, hard, practical, logical. Mm -hmm. This conversation is probably at the two or three on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a big gap. We, yeah. we usually only get within probably three of our, num of our number. So easing people into that. So that's one, that, that's one or two reasons. Another is, most people don't know how, and they feel like it's a huge risk. And yeah. you think of what we said just a moment ago, people are going to hate you. Yeah. So true. if you speak it, are you prepared to deal with hate when you've dealt mm -hmm. with challenge all your life? Like that's, that's really damn hard. Mm -hmm. And by the way, what is the benefit in their mind? I see a huge benefit, monumental benefit for sharing, but for many people, it's really hard. And I think the last one is just that it's scary. Like we, have, you're right. Yeah. What you said, we do have to face it. And I had to, uh, for me to get comfortable talking in detail in a, in a couple of podcasts, I've talked for an hour about an individual suicide attempt. Like right. for us to get comfortable talking about that or abuse or poverty or racism experiences or whatever it might be. It takes a lot. Look how much society had to break open for the conversations to happen in the last year that have. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I hear you, Dan. And I, I totally agree. And I understand that, that there are so many, but it's, it's again, it's that, that listen, we're, it's okay. It's okay. And we can walk in authenticity and we can be authentic and look, we're still standing. So, we are. And, but I, I would also say, and I, so I just want to add this, that, yeah. that as an encouragement that when you do, there is that certain percentage, and it's a relatively small percentage that will dislike you or, or, or hate you or cast vitriol at you. Mm -hmm. There are also a lot, myself included, who will rise up and stand with you right. and support you because your story needs to be heard. And it's really, really important. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we, we talked about our Foundations of Success platform earlier. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why we've made this crazy commitment that we have to share every behind the scenes thing, good decisions, bad decisions, right. every ounce of it for the next year as we grow from very little to a million dollars in recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. But we've done it because I want to be real and vulnerable and show people how to use these principles while building a completely vulnerable, transparent company that is profitable and heart-centered and show people that, look, it's not about being perfect. It's about missing all the time yeah. and still moving forward and making it and helping people. I love it. And I, and I love that you're doing that, Dan, sort of that, that transparency. We're naked, okay, in how we're growing this business. And I think it, it speaks into your generosity. I know that your, your Leaders Must Lead website is so representative of that generosity. And folks, you're talking about the resource after resource. I highly encourage you and we'll, we'll give you a space, Dan, to share where they can find you. But I'm telling you, people, um, it's just that that generosity is in everything that you do, Dan. And I, I don't think it's it's 
purposeful. I don't think it's it's that you're trying to be. It's just who you are. And it's not a tactic. It's right? not a tactic. It's, exactly. It just comes through. It's it's part of your DNA. I, you I can't separate that. it. You can't separate it. So let me ask you a question, Dan. If I looked you up in the dictionary, what would it say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is this is such a uh, such a different difficult question for me. I think I think it probably has to it probably would have to be looked up somewhere between <laughs> synthesis, obstinance, and resilience in the dictionary. Like it's going to be hidden in there in between yeah. those words. I might have my, my my picture might be used as an example for all of those. <laughs> uh, I I, I would say that my my hope is that in the definition of Dan. It is that that there it would be a heart-centered servant leader who does everything within his power to help others achieve their dream and inspire generational change in the world, to do something that matters for many and not simply for him. Yeah, beautiful. And that's so your heart. So your heart, Dan. So would you say uh, that's your holy shit factor? <laughs> I, I think that could be, but if I were, if I were really to, if I were to take the reactions that I've gotten from others, mm -hmm. I would probably have to say my ability to synthesize that, that I, I can see a hundred things and pull a little bit from each one of them and make something that is better than any of them, no matter how good they were. That is my my gift in the world. That's why I'm good at strategy. It's why I'm able to solve problems. It's why uh, a friend of mine or one of the guys who worked for me, he was a friend mm. as well, uh, would say to me, Dan, I'm really good with spreadsheets, but they dance for you. It's that oh. that ability oh, to man. synthesize and to, to grab all of those. It's what allows me. That's my number one strength in the world. And so I would have to say that's my holy shit factor. And it's what allows the second strength, the ability to teach and train in a consolidated, clear, understandable way that motivates progressive action. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that that's what allows that to occur. And it's also what fuels the third strength, which is the resilience. So that that's probably the thing, synthesis. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, Dan, I know we, we talked about it earlier and I, and I just have to ask, and I know it's not even a fair question. Um, oh boy. so far, <laughs> so far, what's your favorite place that you've traveled to and what's at the top of your bucket list as far as places you'd still like to visit? Mm. See, I like asking other people this question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love traveling and I and I, I have many friends who've traveled far more than I have I know you mentioned I've traveled a good amount I've I've been to I want to say 14 or 15 countries so it's still pretty narrow mm -hmm. and I still have 11 more states to hit in the US I where I've been that I have loved the most that's such a difficult question right mm -hmm. from the people so I'll answer it in two ways mm -hmm. from the people the Philippines, the most welcoming, wow. incredible people I've met in my life. And I, I just love and adore them and felt incredibly warmly met. In fact, I made friends with my driver and took him that. to the volcano with me. And he took me home to make a homemade chicken adobo at, wow. with his family. It, and just on the way home, he's like, I'm going to take you to meet my family. Like, incredible. Beautiful. And I'm still connected to him to this day. And for the place, I love Hawaii. Like Hawaii, I think is maybe the most idyllic place that I've been. I, and I love, I know we're wrong. I love Paris and I, and I love, all, I love Malaysia and all of these other places, Bali. But if I were going to live somewhere, it would be Hawaii. If I were going to go meet people, 
the Philippines are incredible. And where would I want to go? Everywhere? Does that count? Um, that's what I have. Right. I mean, that's that's. I remember your list, right? Yeah, it's like all yeah. the places. I, I just from the pictures, I feel like Bora Bora has to happen at some point. Those pictures are super enticing. But but I could list hundreds of places sure. that I that I want to go. I'm I'm going to go spend a month in Australia. I've been there once and I'm going to spend a month and go through Australia and Ireland and all of that. Oh, so many Amazing. places. I love it. I love it. And Dan, I could go on and on and I always really enjoy our conversations. I feel like, you know, you talk a lot about uh, the light and being able to see the light in people. And I just see you as a lighthouse, my friend. I, I think you, you are emanating so much beautiful light out there that naturally you're attracting people to your light because we all want to we all want a piece of that. Right. So I, again, I'm grateful and I love that you have come and honored me with this time, but tell me a little bit about where our audience can find you. What do you have coming up that they can maybe plug into? Well, I'm super grateful for you and for your audience and just for the opportunity to be here and share. I get you know, if I, if I'm a lighthouse, it's because you light that fire. It's because being able to hear people's stories and engage and connect does that. People matter most. Relationships are everything. My number one core belief yeah. in the world. Yeah. Where can people find me? I would say the easiest spot is to jump into the Dreams Are Real Facebook group. That is a great place where we're building some pretty amazing connections, helping people take the next step toward their dreams. And they certainly can connect with me anywhere on any social media, either under Leaders Must Lead or Dan McPherson. And I'm, I'm out there all over the place. And I would, the last thing I would, that I would say with that is, and this, this relates to something coming up, we're sharing this year long journey about foundations of success. And one of the things that I would like to do is to invite every listener to come in and try the training we have. I, I don't, I don't give like little tiny samples, mm -hmm. right? We have a two hour training that is are the first quarter of our leadership training. See, leadership isn't just the cornerstone, it's the keystone, it's the first of everything. Mm -hmm. And when we break down leadership, we break it down into four pillars. The first is personal growth because the hardest person in the world to lead is us. Mm -hmm. The second is attitude. Once I lead myself, how do I view the world? The third is connection. Once I view the world, how do I relate to it? And the fourth is team. Now that I've done all that, now how do I lead a team? Well, that first pillar of personal growth, we want to give you for free. So go to foundationsofsuccess.leadersmustlead.com, build a free profile. It doesn't cost you any money at all. And you will get access to that two-hour training, which I promise you will change your world. And even if you've done a lot of leadership training, this will be different than what you've heard before. Even if it's only for the leadership behavior worksheet that we go through as part of it, which is a different approach than I, than I suspect anybody has heard that two hours, you will not regret. And who knows, maybe you'll join us on the rest of the journey. So follow us on our path. I love it. I love it, Dan. And thank you again for your generosity with that, guys. I'm not even kidding when he says it's the real deal. It's not like a little 15-minute nugget to try to, it's it's really what he's offering out there. So, Dan, I love you. You are amazing. Um, I am blessed by you every day. Thank you for being here. Folks, you heard it here, okay? Uh, follow Dan. I'm going to have all your call letters with when we post the, the episode. But uh, for now, folks, go out there and do good and be great and go play outside. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.